Hey, everyone. Kara here from The Kara Golden Show. Look, I've started and scaled companies, but when I first started podcasting, figuring out the workflow for this business was a real challenge. There were so many moving parts that I needed to learn from scheduling and recording to editing and promoting each episode. But once I streamlined the process, things got easier. I was able to focus more on bringing in amazing guests and delivering great content, which was such a relief. Thinking about this experience reminded me of the challenges many face managing their business every day. Whether you are the CEO or working supporting one, you need the right tools to streamline processes, especially when it comes to shipping and handling orders. That's where ShipStation comes in. ShipStation makes it easy to manage your shipments from all your sales channels. ShipStation automates tasks, prints shipping labels in bulk, and keeps your customers informed, freeing up your time to focus on growing your business. If you're looking for a way to simplify shipping and make your business more efficient, ShipStation is the solution. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time too. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me and my team to manage orders from anywhere, print shipping labels from just a click. Yes, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable with discounts up to 89% off carrier rates. And who wouldn't want that? Plus, an easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses as well? ShipStation just makes it easier so your business can grow. And yes, even when you're on your summer vacation, ShipStation is it. Work less and ship more with ShipStation, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA, K-A-R-A, to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. If you're consistent and you build momentum and you build that internal reputation with yourself, then you just feel like you can do anything. You gotta pick yourself up, go backwards and slam yourself at the wall like 500 more times until the wall crumbles. 25% of middle school girls already believe they'll never achieve their dream career. career. Hi, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Hint. And you're listening to Unstoppable, a podcast spotlighting the journeys of inspiring entrepreneurs. I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of Hymns, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and I'm super excited to have Mark Brazil here from Iconic. Very, very, very excited to have you, Mark. How are you? We talked about it off camera. We just got to talk about it now. Guys, this is not how I normally look. I get a haircut every seven days. It's been 42 days since I got a haircut or shave, so I look like a caveman. Oh, come on. I, I love it. Have you ever grown a beard? Usually, I mean, a little bit. Not like this. I, I look crazy right now. No. No, you don't. You actually look good. You're enjoying the, it's the pandemic look, right? <laughs> I am laser focused, and I'm not concerned about that right now, so... <laughs> You're so funny. Okay, so just a little bit about Iconic, just so you guys know. Uh, Mark and I actually met through social. I've admired his work for a while. You know, we've chatted a little bit, but, you know, I think what he's done is not only inspirational with lots of his work that you can see. Iconic, by the way, if you guys want to look it up, is spelled I K 
O-N-I-C-K. You know, we'll jump into sort of who Mark is and why he decided to start doing this. But yeah, let's go there. And then we may backtrack a little bit on this. So talk to me about sort of how did Iconic start and sort of how did you get started in, in this whole business? First and foremost, you're the first person in any interview I've ever done that actually spelled out Iconic. So yeah, for that because that's actually relevant. It's the same thing. Yeah. I say Mark Brazil. I say Mark with a K, Brazil with a Z. So I love, I love that, that you did that. So let's start there. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I definitely want to talk about is the importance of stories. So I'll kind of get into my story. And, you know, I think curating and understanding how to communicate and tell your story is so important in short-term talking and long-term business and interviews like this. So my story is I came from Long Island. I grew up in an upper middle-class family, great loving parents, a sister a year older, big soccer player growing up. And I think the first kind of big moment in my life was going into my senior year in high school. I was a very decorated club soccer player. And for my high school team, I was not put on the list of players to watch. And I saw a lot of people on that list that I thought I was better than, but I had improved it. And that day, I vividly remember sitting at the breakfast table with my mom, eating my normal breakfast of an everything bagel and scrambled eggs. And that's the day I decided that I was going to go absolutely psycho and train like a madman. And I ran every single day, day, night, all summer through the season. And then that season, our team did the best that it ever done. I made all county, tons of scholarships for soccer. I got offers. So that's kind of when I became a man and realized that, you know, if I put, you know, the real effort towards something, I can achieve anything I wanted in this world. So that was kind of like the big first step. And I went to University of Delaware and I get to school and we're at freshman orientation and they're telling us, you know, three strikes and you get kicked out of school noise violations, you know, open container tickets. And I've always was a little mischievous and interesting, you know, upbringing of all different types of people I grew up with. So I had a fake ID. No, you, I can't believe that. Mark. Yes, Jason. <laughs> he was a tall, skinny Persian boy. I played, I played a lot. I'm Brazilian, but yeah. Yeah. My roommate had a car and he was on the football team and I go down the hall to these two girls and they're like, can you get us alcohol? Cause everybody was afraid to get alcohol. And they gave me $40. I go to the store and I discover an alcohol called natural ice. And for those of you out there that don't know about it, it's, it's a $6 30 pack. So I go, I buy it. I go back to give them $34 and they say, keep it. And I go thinking in my head and I'm like, wow, I just made $34. And that's when it kind of rang in my head. Like, wow, you know, and only an entrepreneur would think, boom, now I have a business now it's attack. So then what I did is it was first, it was the girls across the hall. Then it was the whole first floor, the whole second floor, the whole entire building, the building next to me. And I basically took all of the risk to get the alcohol. And I just jacked the prices up three, four X. I had like a mini menu and I was making thousands of dollars as a 17 or 18 year old. And I was calling my mom. She was shipping me my old soccer duffel bags. And I got to a point where I was on the top floor looking down at other people that were actually mitigating all of the risk for me. So I was just kind of the mastermind behind this alcohol ring. And eventually I almost got kicked off campus and they threatened to, you know, they threatened me and I stopped. But that's when I came an entrepreneur. And then I did like, you know, a social chair, I had a clothing company, all like these little hustles. And then I would say, then I graduated school and my best friend was living in California and he was working for an eco-friendly, energy efficient lighting company. And this is when eco-friendly, remember it was like really big, like 10 years ago. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. 
I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone. And by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. And I always did really bad in school. I had a 2.1 GPA. I was there for five years. And he's like, we need someone that's lead certified. It's it's, uh, leadership and energy and environmental design. And I knew nothing about this. It was like irrigation systems and all of these, these building things. And I don't even know how to build a desk for my kid. I'm an idiot at that stuff. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm going to test myself. I'm, I'm going to study for this test and pass it. So I study for months. I fail. You have to wait two more months to take it. I study again. And then I fail. Then you have to, I wait another two months and then I finally pass. So I take probably 10, 11 months of my life to pass this test, move to California at that point with no money. I move, I sign the paperwork. I sign my lease a week later. I get laid off. The guy just comes up to me and he's like, I don't need you. And that was my first taste of, you know, working for someone. I never worked for anyone. And, you know, at that point I was a much different human. You know, I felt, I felt bad for myself, but ultimately it's all on you. So I was really, really stuck. I had no money. I go on Craigslist and I start selling door to door, energy efficient windows and coding. So I'm literally zero salary, hundred percent commission. I'm driving from Beverly Hills to Compton to the Inland Empire. I'm driving 200, 300 miles a day. And there'd be days where I literally, people wouldn't even answer the door. So I did this for a year. It was up and down. I mean, there was, there'd be two months in a row where I made no money. And there'd be a month where I made $10,000. But I just remember so vividly, I was in this sandy area in the Inland Empire. And I was wearing a suit, which at that point, I'm not, I'm not a suit guy. For people that are on audio, I'm not a suit guy. And I'm just sitting there in a suit. I'm drinking at the Sani water and eating like a little Slim Jim. And I'm broke and with this shitty car. And I'm like, I can't do this. This life isn't for me. So I moved back to, to New York. And, you know, I, I was, you know, you know how people come to California and like some people can't hack it and then they move back. Yeah. I was one of those guys. I was the weak guy that, that couldn't hack it. So I go home and then I developed this idea called the World DJ League. And I team up with someone from my fraternity's friend from home in New Jersey. And we spent about 10 or 11 months developing this idea. And long story short, we raise $500,000 on an LOI. For those listening, it's a letter of intent. It's a commitment to put in money based on something else happening. And long story short, my partner went to Colorado for the weekends and I get a call on Monday that he passed away. So now... And the money was through his father's friend who he came from a wealthy family. So now, again, I'm living at home. I have no money. The $500,000 goes away and just in a really bad spot again. And then finally, I lead into a couple other projects in my mid-20s. I was CMO of this hack company called Mellon. It's a luxury hack company. We lived on a tour bus for four months, 42 states, 175 retailers. We ended up raising money. And I was in Boston in this shop called Laced. And I saw a picture, a cool drawing. And the, the artist was in there. His name is TJ Bransfield. And I was always into like aesthetic. I'm into fashion. And we just hit it off. And eventually he was like, oh, I want to do paintings and art. 
And at that point, you know, I'm literally just at my friend's house, Rob Kardashian's there. And I was like, yo, you want a piece from, from this kid? And he's like, yeah, he did a piece. I gave it to him. He posted, he got all these emails and then he didn't know how to sell anything. So at that point I was, you know, a good salesman, a good marketer through my door to door sales and such. And yeah, I just sold a piece of art for a thousand dollars. And I was like, okay, I'm an art dealer now. And you know, I ended up managing him up until about a year and a half ago. And his pieces, you know, up to $20,000, Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, Megan Trainor, Scott Disick, all these celebrities through a lot of my celebrity contacts. And it was 20, early 2016, I realized that everybody that emailed me couldn't afford the art. And I pride myself on being, you know, a good salesman. And I had to individually sell every piece of art. I mean, someone is not buying a $5,000 piece of art. You need to sell them. So I dropped a limited time print not limited unit, limited time so that we didn't limit our upside. And we made $21,000 in two days. So I was like, Amazing. wow, there's a hole in the price point art market. And at that point, I was part of Melon and my graphic designer at the time, Jeff Cole, he's uh, at Cole on Instagram with a C. And this kid was literally the hungriest, most talented, most creative kid I'd ever met. And for some odd reason, he just always never got the fair shake. He was always, you know, either no equity or very small amount, low pay. And at that point, I owned big Instagram accounts. And we started talking and we were actually living together at that point. And I was like, yo, man, let's just start drop shipping art. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I see on Instagram, you know, there's all these motivational quotes and there's photography and these, and these, and these memes. Like, let's make affordable art. We'll drop ship it. And I'll do all of these kind of topics. Uh, we did that. And this was in 2016, making $1,000 here and there. And then in 2017, on February 27th, my life changed. I went from Squarespace to Shopify. And then on March 1st, we started doing ads. In March, we did six figures. And we went on a 13-month run of going up in revenue. We did the first three or four million part-time from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then 5.30, 6 p.m. until we literally, our eyes shut. It was literally the craziest roller coaster ride you can ever imagine. It was myself, Jeff. Uh, we had one guy buying media, and then his 16-year-old brother, who was a sneakerhead. We were bartering sneakers and paying him per order to process. It was so crazy because we'd have hundreds of orders, and Jeff was the artist, and then I was the whole business. And for people listening, I think any businessman, before you become you know a specialist, you really need to become a generalist. You need to understand everything that's going on in your company. I dealt with the first 4,500 orders. I was our customer service. So I knew every single question, every single rebuttal, all the sizes. Oh, how long does it take to ship here? Oh, do you ship here? What's the difference between standard and gallery route? Everything, I knew everything. And it was so wild. I mean, we would play a game where we'd go back and forth with, we didn't even have a production partner yet. So we'd have to upload the art through a third-party site and me and him would have a stopwatch and we'd play games on who could upload quicker. And like we would do, I would do a hundred, he would do a hundred. And then like, we'd argue like, damn man, I really don't want to do this. Like, can you, can you just take the shift tonight? And we did that. And it was so crazy. We were like two weeks behind on orders, but, and me, you know, I'm very aggressive. I'm not a conservative guy. So I kept telling Jeff, I'm like, Jeff, let's, we had another job. We were, there was one more company after Mel. And I was like, man, we got to leave. Like, let's, let's do this, man. Like, what, what the hell? And he was, he's very conservative. So eventually, you know, I got him to, to leave. Once we were very heavy on like one or two SKUs, one or two pieces of art for people listening. And then once our sales started kind of going into more SKUs, kind of mitigating our risks and seeing it was a real company, I got him to commit to quitting. And then the beginning of our company was just, it was so savage. I mean, we were literally, I mean, we're still crazy savage, but I mean, we were working like 18, 20 hour days and just going crazy. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, we met Gary and Scooter, we partnered with them and we got some licenses and then it was just off to the races. That's amazing. The last thing I forgot to say too, when I was 28, I didn't know about taxes and I went $30,000 in credit card debt. So I was heavy in the hole guys. I'm talking about zero, zero, zero partner died, left for shit fired negative 30 in the hole. I mean, I was, I'm 34 years old now. I didn't catch my break until I was, you know, 30. Wow. That's amazing. So what were those two motivational quotes that people were really wanting? 
Like what were the things that really launched you guys? Everything was motivation based. It was really, it was so crazy because we would, the best thing about our company, it's so authentic to us that like we did a piece. I remember us working and we had the social network in the background, the movie, the social network and Justin Timberlake made that line. You know, you know, a million dollars isn't cool. You know, it's cool. A billion. And then boom, we took that quote and we put it on a piece. Like that was a piece that crushed it in the beginning. So it was just like me and him, you know, our DNA was so authentic to motivation and inspiration and grinding that it was literally my favorite quotes, his favorite quotes, you know, stuff we'd see, we'd remake it with obviously our own aesthetic, you know, lines that we randomly heard from movies and then we'd remix it. So it's always been motivation. You know, we've tried getting into other pockets, you know, like abstract art and it never does as well. It's, you know, we've kind of, over the years, we've really narrowed our focus. We're not an art company. We're inspiring and motivating through story, storytelling. It's not even about art. We're about to do other product categories. It's just about the motivation and the inspiration. And that, that's the, the persona that we do really well with. And that person doesn't want abstract art. They want motivation. So it has and always will be motivation. Yeah. And I think the way that you do it, the way that you couple it with art is just cool too. You know, there's some other companies out there that, you know, that are prints, right? Where they like take these motivational, they'll take somebody's, I don't know, that quote, but I feel like the stuff that you're doing too is finding these quotes too that are, you know, some of them are sort of well-known, but others aren't. I mean, that's what's pretty cool and inspiring hope, right? Like that's, that's really what you're doing. And, you know, we're, we're actually recording this during the whole COVID-19 pandemic and and I mean what are sort of your learnings through this period of time I mean what what are people really focusing on at the moment well they actually just came out with a report there's a couple of reports like the Mary Meeker report another one I read and uh, home decor is up in total and then obviously you know motivation is in a time like this people need motivation so we are so blessed that we are doing well right now in this time um, but for me it's not even really about business this time for me it's just about you know, business is ultimately just a bunch of people doing a bunch of things. And I think it's really about my team as individuals really just, you know, taking time away and, you know, a lot of reflection, a lot of clarity, you know, finding out who they care about in life, you know, the people, what they want in life. And I just feel like every single person on my team right now is just ultimately advancing as a human and really finding out who and what they want to be. And that for me has been like the most fulfilling thing. You know, I'm talking to way less people right now, and I'm really seeing who's important to me. You know, I'm talking to my family a lot. Everybody on my team, you know, we're waking up early. Everybody's, you know, eating well. We all, we all are, you know, everyone has like a very similar core DNA in our team. So for me, COVID is just more about clarity and just finding yourself. And for me, it sounds so crazy, and I don't want to offend anybody because a lot of people are going through a lot of times, but. The last 45 days for me has been one of the most impactful periods of my whole entire life as a human. And I think the same could be said by a lot of people on my team. So for anybody out there that's going through the bad, the good, whatever it is, I just challenge you to really take the time to find yourself and what you want, you know, and who makes you happy, what makes you happy, because all we got right now is time. So digital, I mean, I think it's not just about the, you having a great product. I also think it's how you get it out there. How do you build your audiences? And like, who taught you that? Like, what was sort of the key, you know, you worked in some other companies that, you know, were, were doing some good digital stuff, but I feel like you've really taken this to the next level. Yeah. Ironically enough, every company I worked for actually does not know digital. And ironically enough, the two CEOs of my last two companies keep coming to me for advice, ironically enough right now, it's funny. But, you know, to, to kind of set some context here, for anybody listening that wants to scale a company online, if you're a leader of the company, you must understand digital. You don't need to know how to do ads or be a media buyer or understand super micro tactics, but from a macro level, you must understand what's going on. This is where all the scale is. You know, you could be in all doors, Walmart, whatever it is, that's fine. But the internet is limitless. So I would definitely invest in digital. For me, you know, my personal route, which you could do it a bunch of different ways, but for me, I hired an agency and, you know, there was an internal guy at the agency that was very intelligent. And I think I was smart enough to utilize him to basically get my MBA in digital marketing. All of the other clients like weren't asking questions and were hands off and we're sourcing it out to them. 
I was bugging the shit out of him. I was asking him every single question. I was working out of my agency's office once a week to go in there and ask any and all of the questions. And then what we did is once I knew enough, I brought it in-house and, and now we're building an in-house team. So, you know, for anybody sourcing that out, if you're the leader of your company, you know, if you don't know, you know, what KPIs are and ROAS and AOV and LTV, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that might sound foreign to you. The words that I just said are the words that are going to make your company a big company. So for me, I personally learned from people that do it. And then the other really big thing, Kara, is I surround myself with other people that are on the same journey as me, like-minded humans that are running their company, that are spending a lot on digital. And then we're all sharing tactics. The leaders of the company, the media buyers, the head of growth, the marketing directors, all of us are, hey, you know, this call to action is doing better than this. Hey, you know, what are you using? You know, are you using this app or this app? Wow, these type of videos are doing good. You know, all of that type of stuff. I think that, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are in the trenches is very big because this environment is changing so fast that, you know, you can know everything a week ago, but today you can know nothing. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that the key thing is, is I find that I'm, I'm actually learning the most from people who aren't necessarily like in my same category yeah. too, that I think it's just really about, you know, you talked about growth and LTV and all these things. I mean, everybody's going to have a little bit different metrics based on their categories, but I think that the fundamentals are really the things that, you know, you just have to really, you know, have that network and, and you're great at sort of, just picking up the phone, even though you're, you know, busy and, and, or, you know, shooting an email to people. And like I said, that's how we met. And I think that that's just super important that you find people that are kind of doing things that, you know, you're like, huh, that's interesting and whatever. And, and I think that's great. You know, what's crazy, Kara, is I've taken during this time, I've cold emailed and filled out cold contact forms for so many people, a lot of people that I looked up to. And I just closed an enormous deal with someone that I really look up to. For people out there too, that's another thing. You should shoot your shot, especially during this time now. Everybody's on their computer. Everybody's on their emails all the time. You'd be surprised. So yeah, I, just, I don't even remember how I hit you. I probably just cold emailed you or whatever it was. But you know, if I find someone that I think I can provide value to and we can you know, teach and learn together, then yeah, I'm all day long, I'm hitting it. No, I think, I think it's awesome. So what are you most scared of? I mean, you seem like you just like, you just go. I mean, that, that's what I love about, you know, your journey. It, actually, I think that the high school stuff that you mentioned is actually super impactful. Like it's, it'll be, it'd be really interesting to sort of hear. I was a gymnast. I was a competitive gymnast. And I look back on, you know, so many things that I do in my journey along the way. And, you know, I always tell people, it's like, you know, I would always get back on the vault and get back on the bars and you know I'd fall off and and it was just I lived sort of like in this world of just like you know getting like falling down and it was just never even an option like I wasn't going to walk out of the gym right like I was just I would I was going to keep going until I got it right and I think like that's kind of what you did right like talking about the you know soccer I mean like people people say to me all the time like I have the story where a you know coke executive told me that Hint was a terrible idea. And I have entrepreneurs when I'm out speaking say to me all the time or executives say to me all the time, like, but why didn't you listen? Like, why didn't you, like when the big Coke exec running, you know, this multi-billion dollar company said to you, little, you know, entrepreneur wannabe startup, like I got this water company. Why didn't you just like say, oh, I better just like, you know, just close it down or not start it or whatever. And, you know, I always say like, because I had this idea in my head and I was just going to play it through. And if nothing else, you know, it was going to be a good story, right? Like I just felt like, why not try? And I feel like there's a lot of that in you. Like you probably are scared of things, but you know, it doesn't sound like you really fear like failure. I say it all the time that winners win and losers lose all the time. And you're just the winner, you know, but you know, it's, you, you built up confidence through, I guess, gymnastics. And I think it's just in people's DNA. So it's funny you say that. But as far as things that I'm scared about, you're spot on with what you said. You know, I'm a guy that prepares. So when you prepare, you don't really scare much, uh, scared of really anything. I'm not really scared of much. I think for me, you know, I'm 34 years old now. So as I've gotten older, I'm focusing on health a lot more because I think that for me, you know, 
one of my strengths is my psychotic energy and I can outwork people. I can outlast people. And, you know, as you get older, you know, things happen. So I think for me lately, I've really been investing in my health. That's the biggest thing for me is just slowing down. But as far as from a business perspective, you know, obviously, you know, outside competitors can come in, you know, certain distribution channels, the cost of acquiring customer can go up. But a quote that I really love from uh, this guy called Naval is escape competition through authenticity. If you're your true authentic self and you're building your own story, then there's no competition because no one could be a better you than you. And we've done that. You know, myself and my business partner, Jeff, we are only doing projects that are authentic to us and stuff that we like. It's, that's it. We're only doing stuff with people who we know and we like. And, you know, as we get older, you know, I would assume our taste is going to mature. It has matured. So we're just going to build through the brand and hopefully our tribe and our customers are going to build with us. So it sounds like borderline arrogant, but I'm really not scared of almost anything because we're just doing what we're doing. And it's really, it's really that simple. And, you know, if you find something you're passionate about and you're authentic to the brand, then you're really not going to be worried. So that's my answer. It sounds a little crazy, but there you go. No, I think, I think you're spot on. I mean, I think I told you I have a book coming out in October and I actually turned in my manuscript is going to print on Monday. So I, I turned it in last night, three years in the, in the works. I, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, so happy. It's called Undaunted. Very, very excited about it. It'll be out in October. But I talked about this in, in one of the chapters. I remember the first time that somebody came out with a knockoff product of us and it was Coca-Cola. And they came out with a Dasani flavored water with, you know, no sweeteners in it. You know, I remember thinking like, I have a chart I have, you know, over the last 15 years where, you know, I sort of talk about low points in the business. And that was definitely a low point. I thought I'm dead, right? Like there's like, they have so much money. They have so many trucks, like they have so much distribution. I'm dead. And what was interesting is they, we were in Target in a really small way. And this was almost, I think it was probably 11 years ago. We were in Target in a small way. And the buyer called us from Target and said, you're out, you know, Coke is coming in and they're going to have Dasani flavored water. And, you know, it was really bad day. And Coke came in there with the Dasani. They got, you know, beautiful space and they really just like took us out. A couple months later, the Target buyer calls us and she's like, yeah, Coke just decided that they don't want to do it anymore, that, that they don't want, you know, Dasani is just taking too much energy out of them. And they, they just figured they'll just put, you know, other stuff in that space. But we told them that we really have a customer that really wants this. So we want you back in, but we want to know if we can expand your space. So they, expand, so they expanded our space because of a competitor coming in and trying to do this. So Coke has now knocked us off six times, <laughs> six times. And every time they do it, we place bets around the office trying to figure out where we're going to gain new distribution. Because it happens every time. We have a moment where there's like some disruption, stuff that we don't like. And then, you know, we end up gaining more space. And, you know, a lot of these buyers change, so they don't know the backstory of, you know, that this has happened before. But, you know, I always like, now I like celebrate when I have competition because what I also realized is that it expands the category and the need. So if you can stay the course and do what you do and, you know, and also I think it's another reason why we tell our story and sort of the, the why story. I mean, you know, my story of why I did this, I mean, I was, I was a tech executive. I was not, had never worked in a soda company or never thought that I was a foodie or, you know, wanted to get into this, but I got, you know, super angry about a diet soda and how it had been making me, you know, sick. Anyway, crazy long story that, you know, you can read about, but six months, I lost 55 pounds after giving up Diet Coke. I had developed terrible adult acne. My energy levels had gone down and every doctor wanted to give me a prescription for, you know, like diet pills and lots of other stuff. And so for me, it was really paying attention to what I was putting in my body. And I kept thinking that the word diet meant health. And when I recognized that diet, that 
there's just no validity around the word diet meaning health. But I had been sold that. I'd been marketed to for years yeah. thinking that the word diet meant health. And so, you know, I, I ran e-commerce at AOL for seven, for seven years. And, and so I'd taken a couple of years off and that's when I, you know, got into this epiphany about getting healthy and, and, you know, losing 55 pounds in six months is a lot of weight and people notice it. And everybody was asking me like, what are you doing? And I mean, I was surprised as everybody else that, you know, it wasn't sugar that was making me, you know, fat and sick. It was actually diet sweeteners. And so, so that's when I really like, that is my brand story. That is a story that goes, you know, most buyers know the story. I mean, it, you know, continues to go on because I think it's relatable. And that's what I always say to entrepreneurs too, when you're starting, you know, companies, it's like, don't be afraid if, if your brand has purpose and you started it for a reason, then like tell people that reason. Because I think more and more today that consumers don't just buy products, they buy stories to your point and what you've done so well and what, you know, and they'll talk about, oh, that's, you know, that founder, they may not remember my name is Kara, but they'll remember the story around Hint and, and how, you know, it, it changed me and, and this could help them. And it's amazing what, you know, the storytelling does. And, you know, we continue to do it. And, you know, frankly, at times I'm like, I don't know, like, like in the last 15 years told the story a few hundred thousand times, right? But it doesn't matter. You keep telling the story and people remember that. And then it does not matter as long as you continue putting out great products and you don't have to have 200,000 products either. You need to have great products, right? And you need to, and people buy from people at the end of the day. And that's something that large companies can never take the place of what you're doing. I'm going to read your book. I love absolutely every single thing you just said. Yeah. I completely agree. You know, with all other things consistent, as long as you're, you know, running the business, you know, fairly well, if you have a good story and you tell it properly and you communicate it properly, it's always going to win. Completely agree with everything you said. Yeah. And I think that it's also, I mean, the other thing, you know, just to give you a snapshot, a little more of a snapshot on the book. I mean, it's like, I now celebrate hard times. Right. And I tell myself like, you know, I've lived through 9-11, I've lived through, you know, 2008, 2009, and now this pandemic. And, you know, I think like the key thing that you've got to do is really look at, you know, what can I be doing better? And what did I learn along the way? And you mentioned this earlier, I think speed, right? Like get like speed is always going to be important. And how do you react? How do you, you know, how do you stay with this customer? All of these things are just absolutely critical. And so our business is, you know, one of the smartest things that we did. And, you know, I, I love my investors, but I had investors fighting me along the way when we were doing this. We started our, you know, direct to consumer business way earlier than other, you know, beverage companies. And I mean, we started with Amazon and then Amazon wasn't going to give us data. And so then we decided to launch our own site and do everything on our site. And today, before COVID, it was 40% of our overall revenue was on drinkhint.com. And after, you know, as of now, I mean, our, our direct to consumer is up 100% over plan right now for the year. And our Amazon, we're now, in, if you go on Amazon Grocery, we're number 20 in, in Amazon Grocery for all products. You know, it's like, it's on fire. And so I think like, that's the thing that, you know, underdogs can win. You have to stay the course and you have to do things really right. You mentioned, you know, understand the digital side of it, understand the growth. You know, I love our direct-to-consumer business on drinkhint.com, but I also love Amazon and I love Target and I love Kroger and Publix. And, you know, we're in lots of different places. And, you know, where we're not right now, frankly, is food service because we're huge in Google and Facebook and all these offices that are shut down right now. And so if my business was 100% in food service and, you know, Google and Facebook, I'd die, right? And so the smartest thing that I've, you know, learned about this time and, you know, we're bigger than obviously we were in 2008, 2009 is have money in the bank and have 
your business in lots of different pockets, right? And if you don't, and something like food service happens where people shut down offices, you know, where our numbers are way up because we were able to sort of diversify and really think through where, where this customer is going to go. Kara, I absolutely agree with every single thing you just said. I cannot have said it any better. And uh, ironically enough, you know, we just hired our head of growth. And, you know, one of the main initiatives is to start, you know, spreading out our spend. I mean, a lot of people are spending almost all their paid acquisition on Facebook. Yeah. And, you know, I remember before Black Friday, you know, I finally was going to spend some time with my family and I'm home for the holidays and our ad account gets shut down. And I mean, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. So obviously I did not see my family. I was going absolutely nuts. So for all the entrepreneurs out there, I think, you know, diversifying your paid acquisition is, is huge. I think uh, offline versus online. I think online is way more important than offline. But if you're just offline, get online just like you did. Totally. Yeah. I, my favorite thing that you said was just, you know, when the competition comes in or something shitty happens, it's the same way. You have the entrepreneur disease. So do I. It's like when that happens, you just love it because you just know something good is going to come out of it. And you're going to learn and you're not going to make the same mistake twice. So there's always a silver lining in everything. You know, I remember when the first company knocked us off, I am non-emotional. My partner is pretty, he's a creative, he's a little bit more emotional, he's becoming less emotional, but he was absolutely flipping out. He's like, how could they do this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, you got to calm down because we had never been in the e-commerce space and it's, it's dirty out there. You know that with the black hat stuff and people knocking you off especially in art, because it's a little easier to knock off than obviously a real uh, CPG brand. So yeah, it's, it's really about not being emotional as well. Like, I love that you guys are doing, you know, contests and bets when people knock you off. That's hysterical. I love that. And it's true. And, and I think just, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't get upset and I'm a real person when I see this stuff happen, but then I just say, we're just got to be better, right? Like, it's just, it happens all day long. And the old saying, like, copying is flattery or, you know, whatever. I mean, I think it's totally true. But, you know, when you when you look at these big guys and they don't do what you do every single day, you know, as I always say, like, I look at the soda companies and I, I really don't care what they do, actually. Like, I, I really don't. And that sounds really funny to people. I mean, we've had investors who haven't wanted to invest in us because they're like, well, you should care. And I'm like, I, I actually don't. Because at the end of the day, they're a public company that cares about sugar and that is their driver, you know? And I think it's, you know, the same, you can find that person in every single category that maybe you fear that you think is like, you know, if they were to launch a company, they would kill me. They would have more money. They would be this, they would be this. But if you think about their company and what ultimately drives them, then, and if this is just like, you know, oh, we've got to go get them really quick and annoy them so that they don't get any bigger. That's not a strategy. That's not a strategy to win. So I think that that's like when you do what you do every single day and you have your story of inspiration. And I mean, I, I'd love to talk to you more too about, you know, doing stuff around the Undaunted book, because I think there are a lot of quotes in there. And I think it could be super fun to get you guys to, you know, do some custom stuff because I I'm going to be out speaking about it a ton and I'm hoping that I can really, really, you know, get people fired up and, and stop being scared and just go try. Right. And just like do what you do every single day. And those are the winners. So. Oh, Kara, we are definitely working together. on something. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving everything you're saying. Again, every single thing you're saying, I'm in complete agreement with. I study, I study all of the top entrepreneurs. Like I'm a hoarder of information from podcasts and, and interviews and such. And a Jeff Bezos line is, you know, focus on your customers, not your competition. That's something that I completely agree on. I call every single day, Kara, every single day, every single customer that spends over a thousand dollars. I've done that since the day our company started. I will never stop doing that. And I'm even in the DMs talking to people all the time. You are. I just... I just recently hired a head of community to handle all of that. But I mean, for people listening, you know, we have a fairly sizable company and we don't have titles at our company, but for all intents and purposes, like, you know, CEO, co-CEO I am. And I was running the social media until very recently. By social media, I mean just Instagram, not the other stuff. So 
I think understanding, knowing, providing value and talking to your customers is all the answers lie with your customers and people are so asleep on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind telling people that cheat code that I just gave because people are just too lazy and don't do it. But if you're listening right now, I challenge you to call your last five customers. Say, hey, what's up? It's you know Mark, the co-founder of Iconic. Thank you for ordering. How'd you find us? What do you like? What don't you like? Start a conversation. You do that. If you want to talk about the cost to acquire a customer, if you just focus on calling customers, I guarantee you, your cost to acquire customers way lower doing that than what you're going to spend on an ad. I would bet that till the end of time. So that's something that we've done since the day we've started that company. And that's just like super authentic to who I am. It's just like, I, I like talking to people. I like inspiring people and motivating people. So for me, it's fun. Like my business partner who's, a, who's not here and he's in the other room, like he thinks I'm psycho. Cause like, I'm just on the phone, like all day with customers often. You know, the effect that you have on those customers, you know what? They'll go tell people that they know that you did that. They know who you are then. And it's like, and it happens over and over again. And I think like that, it's just so key. So really, really smart. And, you know, I think just tagging on to that. I mean, the other thing is no matter how big you get, I mean, our company, we have 200 people in our company now and you know, fast growth company and going well. But I think that, you know, the thing that I've seen is, you know, you should be able to do every one of these roles in the company too, that I always tell, you know, people. So I grew up in e-commerce and was there for seven years. But, you know, even when I started Hint, I felt like I didn't really know all the tools. I, you know, I sort of knew Facebook a little bit, but, you know, I didn't, really, really, I knew what lifetime value was. I knew what all of these things were, but I didn't really know all the tools. And so I've really like focused throughout to be able to sit down and understand. And I'm also a huge believer that I won't hire somebody in the company unless they know something that I don't. Right. So I'm always hiring people who are, you know, I always say way smarter. I push on managers in my company. I'm like, what do they know that you don't know? Because I said that they're going to make you like want to stay here because they're going to educate you. Otherwise, you're going to get bored. If you're sitting here teaching, teaching, teaching constantly and you don't hire people who don't know something that you don't, then you're just going to be bored. So, I mean, that's another thing that I'm seeing, like you're hiring people that are, you know, helping you to kind of get to the next level. And it's just another way of saying like, that they're going to teach you and they're going to keep you engaged and, and help you grow. So. I, I, I agree with that too. I always say, if you're not learning, leave. And then the other thing is I think every person in every role should be doing both. Everybody should be teaching and everybody should be learning. So it should go both ways in every single role in every part of the company. And I have that. So I'm starting to hire now like real killers. Oh, it's, I love it. And they're just like, they're just talking they're not talking down to me, but they're just, saying something I don't know and I'm like I love it yeah I love it tell me more so yeah I love that it's it's great hiring really smart people and you know and honestly when they end up you know going on to bigger and better things too that you actually know what's going on right like as a leader of the company I think like that's another thing it's like you know it's such an important piece of it so well this is awesome this is so great I just have two other really quick questions so what's your favorite hint so I'm drinking the Clementine right now. I actually, uh, ironically enough that you just said Clementine, Clementine is my favorite because in Brazil, I'm a big Clementine guy. So Clementine is my favorite. That's awesome. I love this one too. It's, it's awesome. So, and what makes you unstoppable? I mean, you've talked a little bit about this, but I think everybody, you know, the podcast is called Unstoppable with Kara Golden. I meant to also say that I know a couple of your investors, you've got what, Gary Vee and, and Scooter and lots of, you know, unbelievable people backing you and believing in you. That's super great. But what makes you unstoppable? I think it's my daily routine. I think it's my daily routine and my consistency and my preparation and all of those things. You know, if you're consistent and you build momentum and you build that internal reputation with yourself that you can do anything, then you just feel like you can do anything. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm waking up earlier before I would guarantee almost any and all of my competition. So just like that gives me the mental edge. And then 
I don't, this is a big thing that Gary says all the time. And I'm in complete agreement. My family, anybody in my immediate circle, like they make fun of me is I have a intellect level of a kindergartner and 97% of the things in this world. I'm in half an idiot on directions, geography. I don't know how to ride a bike. I've never, I'm so weird. I don't know so many things, but the things that I do know are the only things that I talk about. And those things I'm supremely confident I can destroy almost anybody at. So I think I'm unstoppable because I'm prepared and um, I'm consistently investing and getting better at what I'm passionate about. So I don't know if that's a long-winded answer, but that's my answer. No, I love it. And you're interesting and you own things that you know how to do and don't do, which is also amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, this is great. Where do people find you, Mark? So uh, my Instagram is Mark Brazil. Mark with a K, Brazil with a Z. Iconic is I-K-O-N-I-C-K. For people hungry for knowledge out there, we just started a text group. It's in my Mark Brazil Instagram. It's literally me just sending out links of podcast books and YouTubes that I love. Just curated by me a couple times a week. I just started. I think you'll love it. And then, yeah, I can't say enough about how, again, you don't need any compliments, but how I, I just love everything that you're saying and how impressed I am with everything. And quite frankly, I only knew your brand from the drink and the drink is good. But now that like I know more about you and I look forward to getting to know you more, it's like super impressive. And I'm excited to help you with the book too, because I think that you got a great story and the book's going to kill it. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. I'm excited. Well, this is great. Everybody take a look at Iconic, reach out to Mark. And this is awesome. Thanks everyone. like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable. unstoppable.